I would just say that helping people to kind of just understand who they are at every stage of their life is really important. We do go through ages and stages and phases, right? And we're different when we're 25 than we are when we're 35 and 45 and 55 and 95. Silver Adventures is a content and technology company dedicated to improving the lives of older adults through immersive virtual reality experiences. And this podcast is our opportunity to hear from industry experts, thought leaders, and passionate individuals to share with you their knowledge, expertise, and experiences. Welcome to the Age Care Enrichment Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Deneef, and today's guest is Angela Burton. Angela is the creator of the Feet to the Fire Writers Workshops, a writing program that encourages older adults to share and relive their stories and memories through the process of writing. She's also the host of the podcast, The Feet to the Fire Writers Workshops Out Loud, where she interviews older adults from her writing programs and invites them to share some of their writing. And we'll be hearing a little snippet from that program today. In this conversation, we talked a lot about the creative process and why that's important for people of all ages why the process of writing is more important than the outcome, and how to bring value to the lives of older adults through creativity. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Angela Burton. Well, Angela, thanks for joining us on the program today. Thank you so much for having me. And for our listeners who don't know who you are, could you give us a bit of your background and uh, and why you're joining us today? Yeah, so I am from Louisville, Kentucky, And I have a company called Feet to the Fire Writers Workshops, which is essentially a program that we developed for older adults and it's expressive writing. So it started out as a way to help people capture their life stories, their legacy, and they do that. But it's also a very important part in a therapeutic way for people to just express themselves through words. Mm. And we all have the ability to do that. We just have to tap into it. So that's essentially what we do. It's very simple, but we also have a creative knack that we go about helping people write their stories down. Fantastic. And how did you get involved in in this work? This is your company, but how did you start? Where did you get the ideas from is what I'm trying to understand. Yeah, it's a good question. It's one we get really often. It, It came out of a place of me being very dissatisfied with what I was doing in my life. First of all, Mm. I had just turned 50 and I wanted like people around me who were my tribe, right? Who, Who enjoyed writing. I was also rather influenced by my father who had written quite a lot as he got older. He had a business and he retired and he kind of became fairly just depressed and lost. Mm. His business was his identity. So he had kind of shown me and I didn't realize what was happening until fast forward several years later, but he was showing me how important the process of writing was to him and finding closure with aspects of his life. You know, he was writing about his childhood and his young adulthood, and he was writing about last week and, you know, um, He was just expressing himself. So that was totally an influence. And then there was my own like unhappiness with where I was at that point in my life. So 
it came from two places. And it also came from a place of my whole being is about writing. I've been writing since I was a child. I studied English in, in my undergraduate degree, and then I got an MFA in creative writing in my graduate degree. So I've been writing all my life. And I've, I had also been teaching most of my adult life. So I had those skills. I had that natural tendency to be able to guide and lead people and facilitate groups. So I decided I wanted to create a very special experience that was not a classroom experience that would help to inspire people to write, to guide them in writing, to not teach them how to write because it's not about that. And I just decided I was going to start it in my living room. Mm -hmm. And I think I had $50 and I bought a URL and, um, you know, I, I did a lot of things just very ragtag at the beginning because I was just seeing what would happen. But I created essentially a workshop in my living room and I had a fireplace hmm. and I felt it was really important that it was October at the time. I felt it was important that a fire was a metaphor for lots of things. It has to do with, you know, we've all told stories around the fire for eons and centuries, right? And a fire draws people together. It's warm, it's kind, it's encapsulating. And it was really interesting because I started having literal strangers sign up for these workshops and come into my living room week after week after week after week. Mm. My kids thought I was crazy. <laughs> they were like, mom, what are you doing? And I said, I'm doing something that I feel like I absolutely am supposed to be doing. Hmm. And I didn't have a vision that it was going to be writing workshops for older adults. I didn't know that yet. I was just doing this thing that felt very natural to me. And that was to bring people together, to form friendships, to support each other and to get people writing because I knew it was a really good thing to do. Wow. So at the start there, you must have had some sense of the value of, of writing from your father's experience and your experience, knowing that you were going to tap into some stuff that was kind of buried. Oh, absolutely. You, you never know what you're going to get when you write. That's the fun part of it. It's like a surprise. I often like to liken, liken writing to watching a movie. You don't know what's coming next. And it's true when you're writing, you don't know what's going to come out of your fingertips next, right? I think that there's a lot of value for people in writing about their own experiences because you are the authority on you. So I felt like what I was able to bring to the table and offer people was the encouragement, right? Because the accountability, people want accountability often when they write. And I, when I named the, the workshop, Feet to the Fire Writers Workshops, it was for those reasons. Mm. You know, hold your feet to the fire. It's an expression. It's an idiom. And, and people want that. And, and it caught on just like fire. It caught on and the metaphors keep coming and nothing has, you know, gone up in smoke yet. So we're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and something that strikes me about the early days of, uh, of the project would have been, you know, it's in your living room, the sense of community that's building through that. What was that like at the start? Yeah. So mostly when it would be the, the beginning of a workshop, usually they would run six or eight weeks or so and was small. So we didn't have like a bunch of people. Nobody knew each other. Hmm. People would walk in utter strangers. I didn't know them. And the first thing, you know, is they'd have to be uncomfortable and be okay with being uncomfortable at first and then get comfortable hmm. as time passed. 
And so by the end of, you know, six or eight weeks, they had formed these bonds with each other because they started to know each other. Mm -hmm. And so that was like one of the best things that I saw early on were these friendships happening because they would carry on outside and beyond the workshop. Mm. And I thought, this is really special. This is powerful stuff. Because I think when you have a support system, when you're all trying to work toward a common goal, which for us was writing, you find that you have commonalities with other people. And that's just very human. So I think that's one of the main strengths of this particular program. And I know that it's actually a strength for older people in, in retirement and senior living communities, for sure, because they find fellowship with each other. And you can do that around lots of things. I mean, you can do that around art projects and music pursuits and all kinds of artistic pursuits. Writing is no different. And I think I saw it really fast. And then I just kind of kept encouraging it to happen. And I don't know, I can't explain to you why it worked. I think it was very serendipity stuff, mostly. The right people would weirdly come together in the right groups mm-hmm. and get along and like like each other and enjoy each other's company. It was magical. It is magical. I, that's the stuff I can't explain. <laughs> that's, that's the best stuff, right? Yeah, it really is. Um, It's certainly what kept me going Mm. because once I started doing that and hosting these groups, I would watch magic happen in my living room. They would leave Mm. and I would close the door and I would clean up everything, you know, coffee cups and, Mm. but I would be cleaning my house up and turning out the lights and I would feel like something weirdly spiritual had happened in my living room, you know, and I don't mean to be like woo woo, but it was just really interesting and special. I did it for several years before I even turned it into a curriculum and an actual program that I could help other people learn to do and use. So there was a lot of, if you want to think of it, I thought of it after the fact. I guess I had focus groups right in front of me for years. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And and now you've transitioned uh, the business into focusing more on older adults and I'm sure working in lots of residential care facilities Something that I can see might become more important to people who are in retirement living is this word of legacy, this idea of leaving something behind. What do you think people are really looking for when they're they're writing for their legacy? Okay, it's a great question because when I once I started those groups in my living room, my mom, who was very much alive, decided she wanted to join one of my groups. Mm-hmm. And this is how it all started to evolve into older adults, because my mom was 84, I think, at the time. And she experienced this process. And then she said, you know, I think you should think about taking this to people like me. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, old people. And I said, you're not old. Like, I I don't ever think of you as old. She's about to turn 91 now. So she, you know, between my father having done it, and had died and left us all these stories. And my mother then trying to take a go at it and realizing it was useful, it made sense. So I thought, well, I can't invite older people to my living room. That's not going to work. So I had to figure out a way to go out Mm -hmm. and do the workshop in a retirement community. So that's what I started to do. And that's how I made the transition into trying it out with older adults. So I found a retirement community here in Louisville. I called them up. I set a meeting. Turns out lots of retirement communities want something like this, but I didn't know that at the time. Mm. And I started with my very first group there. 
And the oldest person in that group was 97. The youngest was probably in his or her late 60s. And I thought of it as legacy. That's what I was aiming for. I thought, oh, this is great. We're going to help people write their life stories and call it a day. It's great. It's legacy. But it's so much more than legacy, Mm. okay? Yes, they get stories that they leave behind. People that write stories, if they want to leave them behind, they can leave them behind. But it's more for me, the process that people experience while they're doing it, Mm -hmm. because it's so like absolutely healing in so many ways. It allows people this incredible self-expression that we all need, no matter what our age. But I think especially in our later years, you know, when we're able to look back at our life, it's so incredibly useful. So I was getting to witness this and then my my idea shifted from, okay, legacy is the icing on the cake, Mm. right? It is. It's the process they're going through that's the real meat of the journey. And that then became what I focused in on is how do I make that experience really, really as perfect as I can for people so that they adopt it, they hold on to it and they want to keep going with it. Because quite frankly, you know, we never run out of stories. So moving into residential facilities, I'm I'm sure you would have started working with people who were quite reluctant to write, which would have been a change from when you had people knocking on your door, literally. How have you found encouraging these people who have no experience in writing and might be a little bit scared of it? Oh, absolutely. People are terrified to try something new, period. But on the other hand, the way that I would do it, you know, initially is I would go and I would pitch to groups of older people. It was just me. And I would walk in and say, hi, you don't know me, but I'm going to try to encourage you to write some stories. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing that, that works for Feet to the Fire that we've found is really successful in our program is that we don't advertise this as writing your memoir, because that is a daunting feeling. Mm -hmm. If you think you're going to have to write your whole life, you're not going to do it. Like you're going to run the other way. So we decided that the way that we would approach things is we're just going to go for snippets. We're just going to write. And we have a very creative, specific and interesting and cool set of prompts that we use. And they change all the time with different versions that's our secret sauce. And so we're not asking people traditional questions about their life. We're giving them really odd kinds of things to write about. And then they write these stories that are just beyond anything we could imagine. Mm. So, so initially, yes, people might be a little bit reticent, a little bit hesitant. But the way I look at it is they wouldn't show up if they weren't curious. And so it's totally a self-identifying kind of a program. Like nobody's forced into this program. People are asked if they would like to participate. And if they do want to participate, Mm -hmm. they come into the group because they're curious. Once they're in and they get the hang of it, they get hooked on writing. It's interesting. I mean, I've seen people time and time again, we've worked with literally hundreds and hundreds of people. The people that stay with it are the ones that get hooked on the process because it's so fulfilling. So yes, curiosity and self-identifying that maybe they want to try something new, but there's always a little bit of hesitancy, but we get past that really quickly because of our process and the way that we approach it. There's no workbooks. 
There's no fill in the blank. It's very adult. The program is very much designed for adults because I didn't want anything that was going to infantilize people. And I think that happens oftentimes in programs designed for older adults. So I thought, what would I want if I were in my 80s or 90s? You know, I'd want something that was really intelligent and really that was going to meet me where I feel like I am. So the trepidation is there, but it goes away really quickly. You're listening to the Age Care Enrichment Podcast, brought to you by Silver Adventures. And we want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers, especially those people who've shared this podcast with a friend or colleague. Because of you, we've just entered the top 50 mental health podcasts on Apple Podcasts, and we're one of the fastest growing health podcasts in Australia. We're looking to take the Age Care Enrichment Podcast to the next level by partnering with great organizations to showcase their message with our rapidly growing audience of aged care executives and people working within the industry. If you'd like to discuss what an advertising opportunity with our podcast can mean for your business, send us an email. We're at acepodcast at silveradventures.com.au. That's S-I-L-V-R adventures. Remember, there's no E in there. Now let's get back to this week's guest. Can you tell us a bit about the podcast, the Feet to the Fire Writers Workshops Out Loud? It's a mouthful, right? It is. It's a long one. (laughs) The podcast happened because of the pandemic. I found that here we were, this was, you know, about April of last year. So many retirement communities, senior living communities were literally like just on lockdown Mm -hmm. and residents were shuttered into their rooms because of the pandemic. And I got really worried for people because I'm like, they're in their rooms, they're isolated, they're lonesome, they're not connecting. They could be writing. Their voices are so important. And and just like you said, it's like you have such a vibrant group of people that have such varied life experiences and histories that their voices become like gems to keep. Mm. So I had no idea how to do a podcast. I I literally had no clue. So I, I did what I do when I don't know how to do something. I reach out to people who do know how to do something like that. I had to figure out a way to help capture these voices. So that's what happened. And it's a whole other medium, but it's still the same process. Like what we do in that podcast is, We talk to them about the process of writing because they've been doing it. And then we have them share a story or two that they've written. Mm. But in doing so, we're capturing those voices for eternity in a digital format, right? Mm -hmm. Not everybody wants to be on a podcast. And they were very concerned. And most people were like, I don't want my face on there. And I'm like, I don't want faces either. I want audio because I really believe that the sound of a voice to me is precious Like, I don't know how many people have told me when they lose someone, a parent, a a grandparent, a sibling, a friend, they save their voicemails Mm. because they don't want to lose the sound of that voice. And so to me, the voice is everything. Mm -hmm. uh, It's just everything. And having them reading their own stories, which is what they do in the workshop anyway, is really important. So it just made sense to do that. Mm. And then we developed virtual groups because that became the way to continue the program in a virtual way so that people could stay connected. 
I hope I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. That's It's great to know where it came from. And, and I really agree with you about this idea of audio and someone's voice. It's really powerful. I've got a couple of recordings from, you know, really pivotal moments in my teenage years and, and when I was a bit younger as well that I like to listen to uh, just because of how transformative they are or how transportational you might say. I feel like I get brought back to that place even more vividly than than video can do for me. Now, I know that, Angela, you've, you've got a, a snippet from the podcast, from somebody's story that uh, we might be able to play on the episode. Can you give us a little bit of an intro to what listeners are about to hear? Yeah. So the snippet that you'll hear is a woman that came into one of our writing groups not having been a writer. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the interesting thing. I think people automatically want to assume that they have to be a writer in order to join a writer's group, Mm. which couldn't be further from the truth. And that's the first thing we clear up is that, no, we're not going to try to publish. That's not the goal. The goal is the process, like you said, and we're just going to be in the process of writing. So let's just kind of let go of that idea that we're going to be a writer. We're just going to be writing. Mm. So she came to the group because she was curious and her friends had encouraged her to join. Writing for her is something that she does now every day. She would say, and she's told me, it's gotten her through a lot of days during this pandemic when things have been really shut down. And um, it's also something that she looks forward to because she never runs out of stories. She's always inspired with more stories because she stays now in a virtual group with us. And so Mm -hmm. she's a person who wasn't a writer who now loves writing. And it's something that she knows she can do on her own and then share with others. And she gets a whole lot out of that. She's one of the most enthusiastic of our writers I could think of. You know, there's so many that we've had in the program, but she really loves it. And the piece that you're going to listen to is about writing. It's called an ode to writing. So it's about her experience with writing and why she thinks it's important. And I think it's very valuable. Excellent. Let's have a listen. An ode to writing. How else can one express her feelings anonymously? What a marvelous outlet that one would not otherwise have. No one else has to read the written word, especially by unknown writers. For instance, I can write about my Thanksgiving week with my son, his wife, their children, and their children. I think you're a regular person, rather able-bodied for an old codger, and mostly content and happy. Try a week with four generations of descendants. They're all beautiful in my eyes, smart as can be, and full of energy. However, there's nothing you can say that cannot be surpassed. If they don't know an answer to a question or disagree with a statement, out comes the smartphone, and that clears up any doubt. My goodness, the descendants are good, kind, and gentle with me, and I love it. But all this does make me realize how much more advanced each of them are than I ever will be. Is this not what we wanted while raising them? They have achieved our wishes, and we must have done something right. But my favorite time at the beach with them was... My answer was, besides burying my feet in the warm sand, it was having one of my temporarily disgruntled great-grands, four years old, come curl up in my lap to get warmed up from the cruel pool. We cuddled 
how good can it get? I don't feel very smart, and I do feel my age, but while putting my thoughts down on paper, I realize I'm exactly where I should be in the great scheme of things, and I'm grateful for being able to express it. That's fantastic, Angela. And people can hear more stories like this and and from the writers themselves on the Feet to the Fire Writers Workshops out loud, which you can find, I'm I'm guessing, anywhere you can find podcasts? Yes, absolutely. The podcast has leached out into other countries now. So, you know, you you know, it's happening to your podcast as well, right? (laughs) And that's, yeah, Apple Podcasts, you've got them all. You, You can list them all. Perfect. I wanted to to return to something that you said, and I know we've we talked about it briefly, but it really uh, aligns well with my thinking. Uh, for for background's sake, I, I went to music college. My background is in music performance and that sort of stuff. And I remember one of the pieces of information that stuck with me throughout that education thing was that it's not really about what you make, it's about making things. And I can see no place where that's more important than you know, for those people who are a bit more vulnerable, perhaps people who have declining cognitive abilities and, and maybe aren't going to be so aware of the outcome of what they've made or be able to remember the process, but just to be actively engaged in, in an activity that is stimulating and nourishing. That's really fantastic. Absolutely. And you've had some folks in the program who are, you know, maybe early stage dementia, mid-stage, mm-hmm. and still have their verbal abilities completely intact, you know, and long-term memory hangs in there quite a bit. And I'm always amazed because I, when we designed this program, I was not thinking Alzheimer's. I was just thinking older people in retirement communities, independent living, Mm -hmm. shame on me for not thinking broader. But as it turns out, it's very apt to, to use with people who have cognitive decline because I'm seeing what we're watching and what we're getting reported back to us from the communities that are using the program is people are being like engaged, right? And their memories are being exercised. Mm. It's a great cognitive exercise to write, just like music is, you know, I mean, you use parts of your brain that you wouldn't otherwise use. And so, yeah, there's incredible value there to be able to be in the process of making something. And it's even more poignant, I guess, if they do have memory decline and or Alzheimer's disease, because they're going to one day not be able to do this anymore. Mm. And so the time is of the essence, right? One of, one of our communities told me the other day, and, I, and I, I, this gave me goosebumps. Somebody told me that they had a, a gentleman in their community who was in... Um, one part of the campus Mm -hmm. and his wife is in memory care because she has Alzheimer's and she can no longer remember. So he is on a quest to write their love stories while she's still alive. And he's doing it through the program. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that it happens like so often. And when I was first running these workshops, Ash, I would go to like four or five workshops in a day. Okay. At different communities, different locations And I would have like compassion fatigue by the end of the day because I'd heard so many stories, Mm. so many lives, so many personalities, and I would just be like exhausted, Mm. but just thrilled too, because everybody's so different and it really allows people this individuality and talk about person-centered care. This is so person-centered. It's all about the individual. Yeah. Awesome. 
Angela, we've we've covered heaps and it's been really great to to look at how to use creativity and a creative process to enhance people's lives. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about today before we, we leave it there? I would just say that helping people to kind of just understand who they are at every stage of their life is really important. We do go through ages and stages and phases, right? And we're different when we're 25 than we are when we're 35 and 45 and 55 and 95. Mm. The oldest person we've had in this program to date was 104. Wow. And he wrote some incredible stories and he said he had none, but then he wrote them. (laughs) And I would say that the big thing that I hope people think about and take away is that the ability that we have as human beings up until virtually the day we die to be able to engage in this process is incredible. We've had people literally up until a week before they died writing their stories. Mm. They had started and they didn't want to stop, but they had to stop because their health was so declined that they were literally in their last stages of life. Wow. So, you know, sometimes hospice will come to us, but unfortunately, oftentimes in the United States with hospice, I think the average I've heard is people will come eight days before death. Mm. And that's like almost too late. Like they're in the final active stages of dying. And and it's sort of like if we just had six weeks prior or three months prior or, you know, time to work with people before they're gone, you don't want to leave this life with regrets, right? Mm. You don't want to leave stones unturned if you can do something about that. And I think being able to write your story allows you to write your ending. Mm -hmm. And that's how we look at it. It's important. Yeah. Fantastic. Angela, thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Age Care Enrichment Podcast, brought to you by Silver Adventures. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. And if you're enjoying it, please leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. If you're interested in finding out how immersive virtual reality experiences can enrich the lives of older adults, visit the Silver Adventures website today at www.silveradventures.com.au. See you next week.